Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Dad Bod Golf Pod with Kyle Rush, Ben Taylor, and Nate Pass. What's up, everybody? We're back again. It's episode 164 of the Dad Bod Golf Pod. This is the Friday of the Masters. Uh, Friday round recap brought to you by Bet Online, the number one sports betting website in the country. You still got time. You can still live bet. Sign up today, oh, yeah. fill that account up, get a 50% bonus. Use coupon code BLEAV, B L E A V, and let's get some live bet action. I tried to tell you all about Scotty. I tried to tell you about Scotty Sheffer. You could probably still get some good live odds right here to win. It's probably not paying plus money though, but you still got time. Uh, sign up today, have a ton of fun, probably still some crazy props out there. There was a hole in one today. So, uh, if you picked a uh, hole in one that, that paid out, uh, and it was on 16, which was negative money, uh, um, for a hole in one, which is blows my mind, but yeah, bet online is where the game starts. Gentlemen, Grayson Huff's in the house to talk about masters, uh, <laughs> ready to have some fun. Uh, Friday round is in the books. Tiger Woods made the cut. Uh, yes. And he uh, he's doing happen? he's frozen again. This is going to be this is all night long. There you go. Uh-oh. Keep freezing on us, Bob. <laughs> Your connection is unstable. Tiger yeah, made K-Mart, the cut. Kmart Wi-Fi. He'll be here on the weekend. And uh, it could be this one could be a runaway. This one could be a runaway. No, stop. What's some, no, thoughts for, no, what's some thoughts for the no. from, from first two rounds? Grayson, what's your first thoughts, first two rounds? First thought is you need to get a sponsor from, like, Spectrum or something so we can get some better Wi-Fi for you for dad bod right is this, here. Is this but, me? I'm uh, on location. I'm on location <laughs> right now. I'm, I'm trying to make it work. No, I, I, got, I got a question. I got a question for uh, Ben. So, <laughs> at the beginning of the week, would you have considered – I'm just not even going to say his name, but we're just going to throw him out there. We're going to say number one player in the world on the official ranks, playing some of the best golf ever. We're just saying player A, and he's going into a major. Would you consider him a dark horse? Okay. No, no, because it's happened in the past with other players that, I mean, look at DJ when he went in. He was not a dark horse, but everybody tried to, play him up as a dark horse when he was ranked number one i'm like what what if they gave him plus like you know 35 to one or something odds or something like that would you i would think the only way that that could happen though to give him plus odds would be if he's like a sam burns who's never played augusta other than that Mm. shuffler's played augusta he's not talking about shuffler okay let me set this up let's let's (laughs) set this up grayson let's set this up grayson we had to pick. So go ahead. You just tell it. I threw. I, I got. Yeah, go ahead. You go ahead and throw him under the bus because he's freezing again. So you tell us a story because Kyle's no, off. He just, he's like, he texts me and he was just kind of, we were talking, we were talking about clubs and things like that. And then I made a comment about his picks and he was like, Scotty Scheffler, you know, he's my dark horse. And I reached out and I was like, he is not a dark no, horse. No, Zal Torres. He's not even close. No, Zal Torres is the dark throws, horse. And then he throws Zal Torres. And I was like, well, okay, let's talk about Zal Torres for a second. <laughs> so he has good odds and he's a great player. However, he finished second last year. Yes. And he's true. coming in this year. 
So how how can we throw him, especially seeing that he's what's he ranked now? I I don't even know off the top of my head, but we're bringing him into this tournament. He's finished second, and he's going to be the dark horse. I was saying dark horse is like Bubba Watson or Stuart Sink or someone that's like way okay. down there, but then you're almost pushing it too far because he he needs to have a chance to win, which is why I said Bubba Stewart's a little old, so we don't know maybe. You could almost arguably say Tiger was a dark horse to win this year just because of all the inter- uh, injuries, yeah. but but I don't think Zalatoris okay. falls in that category. That was okay. my opinion. Okay, first of all, I have never said Scotty Scheffler was a dark horse ever in my whole life. He was my favorite. He was my favorite twin. Can y'all hear me? Am I breaking up? Okay. I kind of hear you. Yeah. Since you're lying, Jesus is taking care of you and making you break <laughs> up. But whatever. I've never, no, I've I might never have said, said Scotty Scheffler was a dark horse. <laughs> I was very specific in the dark horse pick in the betting episode a couple of days ago that 35 to one or higher would be considered a dark horse. Not necessarily. I didn't make the odds. I don't make odds. I don't make the lines. Will Zalatoris was 35 to one. So I picked him as the dark horse, not saying that he actually is a dark horse. He's kind of one of the favorites, but from a betting perspective, he was a dark horse and uh, he's what, what one under right now, Uh, two under. Yeah. Yeah. One or two under, yeah. So, so you pulled a you pulled a bend and you skirted the rules. You said dark yes. horse at thirty five or lower. Okay, I'll take thirty five. Yeah, yeah, I'll take thirty five. Exactly, yep. exactly. But I but the difference is is I I didn't skirt the rules after the rules already made. I skirted the I, I skirted the rules. I made the rules from the on the front end versus. I never skirted the rules. Oh, I go ahead and I go ahead and give my answer. And the fact that you haven't made a rule for my answer is not nah. my fault. That's nah, like the other night when it. we did dinner with somebody. Y'all got mad at me because I wanted to eat with Ben Hogan. I wanted to break bread with Ben Hogan. You were like, he's dead. I'm like, you didn't say he had to be alive. <laughs> Just said what former we, Masters winner. He clearly we, has won the Masters. We were well, looking at – we're taught, we're and we're looking at the picture of everybody at the Masters. No, no. You were looking at the picture. <laughs> Nate and I were not looking at the picture. You were looking at the picture. No, no. <laughs> well, well we, do have to, we do have to give credit where credit is due, so – Kyle's picks so far have done yeah. very, very well. They yeah. have. Does that mean that they'll play well the next two days? We don't know. But he's starting off pretty hot. Yeah, it's hotter than a firecracker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I, thought hey, you I, thought you like, I thought you didn't like cliches. My bet's still alive. My bet's still alive. Under uh, 70, four days in a row. When I, I think he he's is playing, good. You're going to be so pissed when he shoots a 78 on Sunday. You're going to be Not so gonna, mad. First of all, he couldn't shoot 78 with a five iron. He's going <laughs> to shoot probably 68, 70, though. He's, that's what he's going to shoot, 68 tomorrow, and then set, walk through, walk to a 70, and I'm going to lose by one shot. Hey, Twinkle Toes is playing his butt off right now. I mean, yeah. he's doing really good. So, And oh. he's, he's putting good. He's chipping good. Um, I would love to see – scotty and tiger in a twosome just because that would be fun to watch yeah from a standpoint of how different they are i don't know if you guys watch uh joaquin but i mean i haven't played with him but i've played with a few guys that have been around him and he's closer to my age and the way he's playing right now too like to to deal with playing with tiger for the first two days and all the publicity and everything i mean he's playing lights out too um, and he had a little rough stretch there, but 
he's not far off. Um, yeah, but it was then, it was rough for everybody today, except for oh yeah, basically Scheffler and JT. They were the only two that were played. Well, take that back. Shane Lowry fired a four under today, so he actually yeah. played pretty good too. Um, <laughs> Did you see Shane's chipping on ten? Yeah. Yes. That was phenomenal because that pin being tucked and when he short-sided himself, I'm sitting there thinking uh, he's going to be lucky to get out of here with a bogey. Like he could actually, because I he kept looking, when he was looking, when he was looking right, I was like, he's going to leave this in the damn bunker because he's going to get cute with it and he's going to leave it in the bunker. When he ended up, it was phenomenal. No, it was awesome. When we, when we played the couple of guys in my group, we all kind of hit it left of that green on 10 and I think Joaquin was down there and chipped yes. up, and they were saying that he couldn't see the flag. You can't see the flag from down there. I mean, it is so far down. Mm-hmm. But like, you is don't it like being put behind it... the green on six at uh at AU Club, like all the way down at the bottom, like that. Oh, oh yeah. And then yeah. the pins in like the front of six, and so you're over the green and down at the bottom. Yeah, like it's just you're you don't see anything. Um, but you don't want to hit where Shane is, and so just the fact that. Shane got it up and down from there not even like even his shot even if it didn't go in the hole I mean it would have been really close anyways oh yeah that he threw it that high up and it sat down so soft because he didn't catch that down slope right out of the bunker he ended up I mean he literally landed it in the two-foot circle that you have to land it in to keep it from either one catching the down slope and shooting past the pin or number two being in the bunker and having to do it all over again oh yeah you could have you could have thrown a green jacket down on the ground there, and uh, that's about his size that he yeah. landed in. That was clever. Yeah, he. So, um, <laughs> there was like there was like five holeouts on ten today. There was the Woodland holdout, Varner holdout, Lowry holdout. Uh, there was one more, and then Tiger almost holdout. Like yeah. it was crazy. Ten was electric today, and that's normally mm-hmm. a pretty benign. Oh, hold. Let me just tell you something about Harold Varner. He that dude ball. is having the friggin' time of his life. Yeah, he is. He won. He played well. Number two, they get him in the clubhouse with Scott Manpelt to interview him, and he's like he's 12 years old, and he just played in his first junior golf tournament, and he actually like just showed up and did fairly well in it, and he was giddy as a schoolboy. He's having a blast. I would love to see him there on Sunday. Harold Adri 3 is really good friends with – um. there's a couple guys that played on the golf team at Auburn with me that are from um, Gastonia, North Carolina. Yeah, Will. And then even um, coaches from up there. But And I think Trace hangs out and plays with them. But um, they've talked – they've said wonders about his game too. Um, And he's, from what I've said, like you said, one of the nicest guys that they've, you know, mentioned and talked about. And I'm I'm happy for him that he's there. It's exciting to see him, you know, playing and and playing well. And he had that Saudi win – and then yeah. he comes over here, and he's been playing good over here. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it would be cool to see that too. Um, just from a, he plays with know, a dip too. I'm, 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 I love that. I love the fact <laughs> he's got a dip in his mouth. Well, there's, doing it. there's a few people that like if they ever were to win a Masters or a U.S. Open or something, um, it would be really good for the game. I think HV3 would be one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if Harry Higgs ever won a major, that would be oh, electric. God, yeah. Yeah. Um, as long as he keeps his shirt on at the masters, I think no. we'll be okay. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, no, HV three would be an awesome, he'd be an awesome contender down the way to, I mean, if he plays good this weekend and, and goes up there, that'd be cool. Did y'all that'd see cool when, uh, 
you just reminded me something about Harry Higgs. When Stuart Sink hit his hole-in-one, uh, I think it was Nick Faldo said, and he gets a hug from probably the best hugger on tour. Yeah, <laughs> Harry, Harry Higgs. Higgs. I was like, Harry Higgs turned around. He me? wasn't a hug. He turned around and embraced him. That wasn't yeah, a hug mean, at all. It was it was a dad bod embrace. Yes. Dad bod. <laughs> How does Nick Faldo know that Harry Higgs is a good hugger? He's a pansy. Yeah, pansy. <laughs> Nick Faldo doesn't strike me as a hugger. So no, no. <laughs> pretty funny. So uh, so uh, real quick, let's talk uh, Tigers round. Um, yep. Honestly. It kind of felt like the same round as yesterday, only he didn't have some of the miracle um, up and downs for par. Uh, he, yeah. This honestly reminds me a lot of, like, the Freddie rounds. Uh, when Freddie was, like, late 40s, early 50s, it reminds me of the Freddie couples rounds. Like, he's, he's he doesn't quite have it all the way physically, but mm-hmm. he knows the course well enough that he can get around and he can make pars and he can make a birdie every now and then, but, like, you just don't feel like he really can take it that next gear and win. Um, yeah. What do y'all think? That? Let me try to put it in, not in a, in a layman's term, but like as a professional, when you watch around like that, his round was very close to being very, like way better. Um, yeah. But it was also very close to being way worse. Right. And on rounds like those, you have to do what he did yesterday and when you tap in on 18, you're under par. Um, that's, that's what makes you a great golfer. And some of the ways that you do that are, you know, and they talked about it on the broadcast and stuff like that too, but making those eight footers for par, um, you know, getting up and down from a garbage can, it really, it's one thing when you watch a guy and he's making birdie after birdie after birdie, he's hot, he's feeling it. You know, the fairway is becomes massive. The green, you start dialing into the pin. You're not worried about missing the green. You're worried about holding it. Um, but when you start hitting those wayward shots or like trying to get up and down, making those eight footers are almost more important because it it's more of a confidence booster getting in. And so I think like with his round today, if you just watch some of it and they mentioned it a couple of times with some of his putts early on, but like if he would have made a couple of those, I think his round completely flips and it's just from the standpoint of he knows what he to do out there on the golf course. And he just hit a couple of bad shots coming out of, you know, the starting gates. And if he makes a couple of those putts, all of a sudden, instead of, you know, three over four over whatever you know he's like one over and he's like oh wow i you know made a couple of things and as a professional it makes you kind of not like you don't it's not like you feel lucky but you just feel like okay i just hit a couple really poor swings and now i'm only one over where i could have been like four now i just need one birdie and all of a sudden hey we're right back to where we started the day at so, he did that on the back side like if you noticed his demeanor completely changed when he started making a couple of birdies um, I was going to ask you from a pro standpoint, the mentality, because I watched in his post round um, interview, he was talking about, you know, how one's always in his head, like he just never does well on one. So he's got that going against him from the get go to start off with. He pars two when he thinks that he's got a fairly easy birdie putt and he had an easy, basically, you know, third shot in. Um, 
and then he gets to three and he bogeys four. He said, I didn't realize this. He he's in a divot when he hits out. Mm-hmm. How many, I mean, how much with, from a pro standpoint, mentally after hole number four, you're going, damn it, this is not my day today. Like this is a bad day to be not my day. And yeah. how was there even a divot where his ball was on four? That's what I yeah. understand. Yeah. I, I think, <laughs> I think on four, that's actually a, like a collection area. So I wouldn't be surprised if someone earlier in the day, just with how tough it was being played it and it hit and rolled down. Um, It's just unlucky, but yeah, no, definitely. And and he even kind of mentioned it too. Like, you know, he was trying to level it out and then, you know, just, Hey, let's get back to even. Um, And that's what you try to do is you just try to manage. Uh, There are days where you're going to hit a really good shot Um, (laughs) in, uh, in Argentina. I, hit a terrible tee shot on a par five punched out had a wedge in from like 94 yards hit it beautiful hit the flag stick rolled down a uh, little slope ended up 40 feet and you're just like I hit the target I was looking for and just got a terrible break that's that's what he did on a few of those holes is he's just a little bad swing and so you just have to manage those um and it's hard when you start thinking like oh it's just not my day I always try to look at it as like like you know, an up and down kind of thing. Like there's always an up to the down. So um, it's going to even out. So if the golf course is taking shots away from me, I'm hitting flag sticks and they're going in the water or you're hitting in divots sooner or later, it's going to flip and I'm, I'm going to start playing good. So the object is to like in cards or like 21 or poker or anything like that. The more hands you have, the more opportunity you have to get on that hot streak. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Kyle and I've talked about even from like an amateur standpoint, I've often said if I'm flying the greens, I never get real pissed about it because that means I'm catching everything in the screws and I'm actually hitting that window that I want to hit, which is I love to hit the ball kind of low. And that means it's going kind of low and it's just carrying a little extra. So I'm either hitting on the back of the green and going over and, you know, like Kyle says, you know, your goal is to cut down the doubles. I'm like, yeah, but when I'm hitting it in the screws and it's going right at the target, I can't really be pissed at myself because I'm, I'm just doing something different. I'm, I'm hitting yeah. it too good. Right. Well, and like even you talk about his ball ending up on four in a divot, right? Then we go to 12 and he hits it over the green and it goes in the azalea bush and kicks and out in the bunker. Right. He could have made triple there, like easy. I mean, that yeah. ball plugs right there and it's triple. So yeah. you got to look at the benefits, you know, like you got to look at the good and the bad together. And I think Tiger's one of the, the, I mean, he's the greatest player of all time. So he's going to be one of the mentally toughest players out there. And he oh, yeah. knows that. And and he knows that it, he has the ability to go out and shoot, you know, three, four under on the back nine. So he's just got to quiet everything down and play. About whole – you could tell he was feeling it after, um, after 13 when he hit like a really – I mean, he had a five-wood in, and I guess he just kind of – ballooned it out right and it went like all the way to the edge and he joked and he's like that was great perfect layup you know and then he chips it up there and makes birdie after that he started hitting those he started hitting I I don't really know I feel like he calls them like those squeezer cuts off the tee like just rips them they don't get higher than like 20 feet off the ground they little baby cut they roll forever and that's I feel like that is a power that has to be a pretty taxing swing on his body but he was he was letting it rip on 14 
15, he hit the big banana, like hit the big banana cut that still rolled. Um, 17, seven or 16, he throws the iron up there. 17, he ripped a little squeezer uh, up there. Um, 18, he ripped the squeezer uh, up there, and then he just flew. 18, the, he had his 18, he had his club back in the bag before the ball landed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then he that was phenomenal. <laughs> and then he didn't listen to Joey. He didn't listen to Joey and flew it all the way to the back. He he pulled seven irons instead of eight. Joey was begging him to hit an eight. Uh, That's twice but, that he messed up. Joey said the same thing to him on um was twelve. You mentioned, thir- you mentioned thirteen. It was thirteen. It was a par five when he had the five wood. Yeah, and and Joe told him he said it's not going to turn. But Tiger did just what um Michael said. Michael told yeah. us the other day is is. He he told Joey told him he said it's not going to turn it's going to go straight and Tiger hit it just as straight as a string and, and flared it out a little bit right if anything mm-hmm. and now he got away with it because he was able to get get up and down for birdie but still I loved it when they were walking off they still had the mic hot and he looked at him and he said oh you were right it didn't do anything <laughs> yeah and there's a point there's a point too as a as a player versus a caddy like I've had a couple buddies caddy for me and I told him look you have one overrule for the entire day. So like if, if that's your, if this is your overrule and you think if it's on hole one and you think that that shot is the wrong shot, that's fine. But if you use it, like you don't get another one for the rest of the day. And part of it is because like that five wood that he hit in on 13, you have to commit to it, especially at Augusta, you have to commit to your shots in that wind and everything. And um, you know, you're going to make some mistakes, but they didn't kill him. So that's, that's the good part. Yeah, it's like Kyle said. He mentioned after he told Joey he was right, he also said, well, at least it was a perfect layup because if it would have turned at all, it would have been sitting down there in the water. Exactly. If it would have turned turned two to three yards at all left, he would have been – I mean, he would have been trying to get up and down and and grab a bogey out of it. And that's where I think his knowledge of the course, because you look at Scotty, who hit arguably the same shot that Tiger did, and he ended up way farther past the pin and in a way harder spot. Now I've never been he a up and, from over there. He got up, yeah, he got up and down. But never his played. up and his up and down was way harder than mm-hmm. Tiger's was. Oh, yeah. And oh, and yeah. that's that's when you see. I think when you're watching these, like you know, JT did this today. Scotty did it. Tiger did it a little bit. Um, I think Joaquin did a pretty good job. Guys that are playing good are going to miss it in the right spots. Um, I think it was – it might have been Jack Nicholas or Gary Player, but they said this is a game of misses. Right. Um, so, it's, it really is, like, it's important on a high level when you get up there, um, you know, two shots, well, you know, one from the first round and one from the second round. But if you think about that, that's one ball in the water. Um, you yeah. know, and it's just it, – it's, it's a big deal. I mean, it, it really is. Well, that was Tiger on day one. Uh, he missed the opening tee shot, so he's short of the bunker. And he had a shot that, you know, he had a chance to get to the green on one. Today, he didn't miss it. He just flared it right, and he was in the bunker, and he ended up bogeying. So, yesterday, he missed it in the right spot. Today, he missed it in the wrong spot because he actually hit it good and and didn't play it out far enough left. Which is something that all of you guys, uh, all of your listeners that are listening to it and play AU Club or whatever around it, like, they can take away from – watching these guys play too is how disciplined they are in you're not going to face a pin that's two on and you know three from the right edge or whatever but like you know understanding that on number three if the pin's over to the right 
you have the whole world to the left, you know, on the green. So, you know, that's probably a better miss than having a 30 footer than missing it short sided and having a chip or going in that back bunker. So, um, you know, it, there's a lot that you can learn if you pay attention while you're watching these guys too. hundred percent. Yeah. I think it was Brooks that said before a U.S. open, I'm not a huge Brooks fan, but I did, I did take away from what he said. This was probably three or four years ago. If somebody asked him and he said, somebody asked me about going for pins. And he said, no, he's a center on about five holes where I know it fits my eye. It fits my shot. Other than that, no, I want the I want the front number, how many paces the pin is, so I can be pin high, and I'm going to go for the center of the green. So if I miss it a little right, I'm on the green. A little left, I'm on the green, and I'm pin high, so I can at least have a putt at it. Mm-hmm. And I got to thinking, I thought, yeah, that'd be – if every amateur would play that, if they would just play to the center of the green, no, just forget there's a pin up there. Like, take the pin out and play to the center of the green. I guarantee you guys would drop their handicap three, four, five shots in throughout a season. Not yeah. not right away, but throughout a season, they would drop three or four, five shots. I want to have a golf tournament where they take the pin and they put it on the back edge in the middle, and then they give you where the pin is, like a pin sheet. So when you use a range finder, it gives you the back edge number, and then they, then you can you know figure out where the pin is um, based off that back edge number. But I feel like there'd be a lot of guys who would surprise themselves and play a lot better because you get – suckered into looking at a pin all the time mm-hmm. yep. and a lot of these guys out there they they're looking at if you listen to the hot mics this patron right here this guy in the yellow shirt the tv tower the scoreboard this tree they're trying to hit it in a zone because out there at augusta the greens and the way they are you know 16 the guys are either going right at the pin or they're going 30 feet right of it and you watch Rory hit an incredible shot in there close, but he went right at it. And you watch Stuart Sink make it, and he went 30 feet to the right. They both ended up relatively in the same spot, completely different shots. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I mean, you're, to- you're totally right on, on that. Uh, it's, it's fun. It is fun when you're watching. You can pick up a lot of things. Brooks, by the way, have fun on the weekend. Um, not playing. Um, <laughs> So Scheffler's got a five shot lead. Um, who's he didn't, gonna... he, did, he didn't take his own advice. That's what it was, Kyle. He, <laughs> exactly. he completely did not take his own advice. Who's going to charge? Who's going to make a charge? Like who can challenge? It's it's only it's only been like this. Is only like the fifth or sixth time ever there's been a uh, five shot lead after thirty six. There's only been one person to lose it. Um, who who do we see that could even make a make a run? I have two. I have two. All right, go ahead. Uh, J- JT is one, and the reason being is because he didn't play great yesterday. If he has two days back-to-back, just like Scheffler just had back-to-back, and he goes – even if it's not five under tomorrow, even if it's three or four under, because Scheffler's due to have a bad day. I know you don't want to hear that, Kyle, because you don't want to lose a bet, but he's due to have a bad day. You can say it all and, you want to. It's not going to happen. So if JT does that – and the other one, and if he gets that driver figured out because he's won here before he plays it well, is DJ. DJ has got a chance to be up there and fire a 63 or a 64 on a Saturday. And I know that's hard to believe, but he has, he has the ability to do that. So that's my two that I say can make a run. I don't know if they will. I'm just saying that, that that's out of all the – let's just look at the top 15 that are there. Those are my two out of the 15. If somebody said, 
I need you got to put money on him. Gun to your head. Who are you taking to make a run? That's my two. What about you, Grayson? Who do you who do you, who's going to make a run? So first off, I wanted to look up the weather, and the weather is supposed to be a high of sixty tomorrow, and then a high of seventy five on Sunday. Now, that being said, I was curious if it was going to be really windy or not, and it doesn't look like it would be terrible. But um, the Masters is a tournament where no matter what, there will be some drama on the back nine on Sunday. Can't say that. Kyle hates that. He thinks it's cliche. It, it does not matter. <laughs> Look at Jordan Spieth. He was running away with it. He gets to 12, dumps it in the water. Yeah. It will happen. Somewhere, I don't care. I don't care if Scotty is leading by 18. He will do something on Sunday on the back nine that will make it interesting. Yeah. But if somebody, somebody will do something. That being said, um, Guys that I've actually had dinner with Corey Connors before a um, long time ago in Australia, but um, guys like Corey Connors who are great ball strikers as the weather gets better. Um, I think he's going to slide under the radar and kind of push up there. Um, it's just a matter of if he can deal with the pressure and, you know, he starts making birdies and people start freaking out. Yes. Um, I think you have Morikawa. He's, way back there but he's not out of it for two rounds um and then i think you know you have sunjay and you have mitsuyama both who are incredibly good at what they do and incredibly consistent and if one of those guys gets on a heater they can push up there um and then my dark horse for for coming back here i actually think is going to be danny willett so a lot of guys don't like him you guys hate him but (laughs) We don't hate him as much as Nate does. Nate's not here to defend himself. He would be cussing you right now for for calling out Danny Willett. But, you know, he, he played, he played okay today. He shot two over in tough conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, He's had decent rounds out here before, you know, and I just think like if he starts playing half decent, he might, you know, slide up there. Um, So, so that's kind of that, but I mean, I agree with you, Ben, on your picks too. So. I will say. I don't see anybody coming from over par up to catch. Um, and I would probably even go as much as to even everybody. I think that's because if any of them shoot four or five, three, four or five, and Scheffler shoots, let's just say he has a two over day uh, tomorrow. Uh, I don't, I'm Kyle, as much as I, I want you to lose the bet, I will say this. There's no chance he's going to have a day where he's like five over. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. Like everybody thinks that he's going to have a five over day. I'm like you. I think that he could shoot even par with a five iron around that place, <laughs> uh, the way he's playing right now. And uh, But I do think that he has a two over in his bag. And, and that could be from one pressure, number two, because you just – he. I hope he doesn't take his foot off the gas on Saturday because I agree with Grayson on Sunday. I know you don't like the cliches, but come Sunday, if somebody makes a run and he's all of a sudden got to put pressure on himself to play good on the back nine, that can go really south, really bad, really fast. The only thing that's going to be jeopardy, the only thing that's going to be jeopardy on the back nine on Sunday is going to be my bet. That's the only thing that's going to (laughs) be. I just, I also think like, even if Scotty gets to, he shoots like three or four tomorrow, which is a great round out there. And he's at 11 or 12. Um, and he holds that out and he, you know, goes around to, you know, 
kind of make the turn and get into the back nine and he's at double digits, it's going to be hard to catch him. However, with the weather and the scores being good, I mean, Justin Thomas played incredible today. He shot five under. He takes up and goes tomorrow and he shoots five. He's at six. And, you know, let's say Scheffler shoots three. That's 11. Like, he's right there. Something happens. And you never know. I mean, they're going to have – Everybody knows where the Sunday pins are going to be. Everybody knows how to hit the shots. Um, there's just always drama somewhere. So yeah, the 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 DJs and the JTs and the Matsuyamas of the world, they exactly how to play Augusta on Saturday and Sunday, mm-hmm. and that's where Scheffler does not have the advantage. Now, the thing is, is right now I think the dude could turn around and play freaking left handed. And he'd still shoot a 75. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He can he just not move his feet when he hits the ball and probably shoot under par. Yeah. <laughs> Which is it's asking yeah. a lot out of him in order to do that. No, so, I, uh, I will say just, just for the viewership and everything, I, there is one person that would cause havoc because he's over par now. But if he started making a climb up the leaderboard and Tiger started doing some yeah. stuff, I think that would throw just a wrench in everybody's plans. Um, just because who he is oh they so. said that uh in what was it 19 wasn't that last time he won 19 yep um they said that when he made a move on saturday on 19 like the players at the top of the lead board they flat out said when they saw that name climbing it, it got in their head like they yeah. they they think about oh, it yeah and and there's scoreboards um, everywhere out there you can yeah. not not look at the scoreboards exactly yeah. you go to the bathroom i'm sure it's posted above the urinal yeah, <laughs> if the the guy that greets you in the bathroom is going to be who? You and Kai. Sorry, sorry, I'm in rural Alabama and I got bad service. Can you hear me? Yeah, oh, we, we can, can hear, you. hear you. You're in a different position on my screen now. Kmart Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, blue light special. You got it there at the top. We got We're working special. off a T-Mobile hotspot here, bub. We're trying to make it make it happen. Uh, sorry about You're that. Walking off a T maybe hotspot. That a boy. T Mobile hotspot. Yeah, there we go. Um, let's wrap it up. I'm losing a little bit of. I'm losing some uh, service here. Um, no credibility. No credibility whatsoever. <laughs> Just not professional at all. Um, I'm like I'm need like to get y'all. a green jacket for you. <laughs> yeah. One, one last thing, I, I, my guys, I like. If, if anybody's going to make a charge, Sun JM, and I got Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas is going to be seven groups ahead of Tiger. I'm sorry, yeah, ahead okay. of Scotty. Okay. That means he's going to get, uh, he's probably going to get through how many holes, Grayson? Three or four before Scotty uh, tees off. If he goes out and birdies one and two um, before Scotty gets on the tee, that's definitely going to bring, he's going to, it's going to bring some nerve. It's going to bring a little bit of nerve. You're going to see, uh, Justin out there going going nuts. Sunjay out there going nuts, and you haven't even teed off yet. Um, it's got to bring bring a little bit of pressure. But at the in the end of the day, I'm going to get heartbroken on Sunday. But I just don't see how he can possibly shoot. Today was the day. Today was the day, Ben. Today was yeah. the day for him. To Today not. was not the day. Today you, you was called the it. Day if and he, he shot five, he goes, you it's do what not. seventy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He, yeah. Yeah. He's going to shoot like three under tomorrow. He's exactly. going to you know, scare you a little bit, but he's going to shoot three under and then he's going to come in with a nice 71 on Sunday. And you're going to be all upset because he still played really good, but just posted a little seven there. Kyle said that after 
he made the bet and agreed to it, he was like, I just realized I may have screwed myself because if he plays well, he's going to take it easy and he's just going to try to par in on Sunday and not make any sort of run whatsoever. He's not going to hit so, that. He's not going to hit that three wood into uh, whatever, into 15. 15. He's throw it down to the bottom, make an easy par. Yeah. He's going to hit an eight iron down there to a flat area, and he's going to throw it to the center of the green and try to two putt and move on, Bubba. Exactly. If I was if I was Scotty, I'd want to get to like fifteen or sixteen under as fast as possible because yeah. I think the winner is going to be around twelve. That's so exactly the number I said, exactly yes. the number I said. So I mean, if if the weather's good and Scotty can't get to fifteen, then he better hold on on. 10, 11, 12, 13 on Sunday because yep. they're going to come for him. Grayson, oh, yeah. how much does it help him that he's got Teddy Scott on the bag? A lot. Yeah, Cause I Teddy, was curious. Because Teddy's going to help him through, and Teddy's been through stuff and, and going through, and, um, you know, good and, caddies and, are worth And, and Teddy's not being yelled at right now, so it's that's always yeah. a good thing. got to appreciate a good <laughs> caddy. May, yeah. Maybe on the back end. We don't hear it, but, you know. <laughs> I bet, Jay, I bet he never drops a head cover or a towel or anything. I bet he's a solid caddy. I yeah. bet that bag is loaded with pimento and cheese and those, <laughs> what, what are those, crow's nests, you know? So as soon as yes. Scotty gets done, he can have a pimento and cheese in a crow's nest. Yep. Crow's nest is just PBR. I just throw it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Never had one, so. I haven't either. I haven't either, but it sounds awesome. Uh, Grayson, thanks for jumping on. Uh, the Friday recap. Uh, of the Masters, Tiger made the cut. We're going to see Tiger to at least two more rounds if he if he can make it uh, physically. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, my bet's still alive, so stay tuned for that. And uh, tonight's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, we really appreciate it. Episode one. You've been listening the to golf the Dad Bod Golf Pod. Always stroking. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.